We're in 2 Samuel 19. We'll pick up in verse 9. But uh, David has received news that Absalom, his son, is dead. And he falls into grieving and being sorrowful for his son. And Joab comes to David and basically chastises him. He says, look, it's a great victory for Israel today and you're mourning. Why are you mourning? David receives the words of Joab and he sits now at the city gate greeting and interacting with the people. With those people that have fought for him, have... uh, followed him, and all the people are coming from their tents to hear the king, who once again is now encouraging the people. And how blessed it is to receive an encouraging word. Uh, Barnabas was known as the encourager, and he often encouraged people, and A word of encouragement goes a long way in all of our lives. But let's read 2 Samuel 19, 9 through 18. And it's a summary of the defeat of Absalom and David returning to rule and reign. 2 Samuel 19, verse 9. Now all the people were in a dispute throughout all the tribes of Israel, saying, The king saved us from the hand of our enemies. He delivered us from the hand of the Philistines, and now he has fled from the land because of Absalom. But Absalom, whom we anointed over us, has died in battle. Now therefore, why do you say nothing about bringing back the king? So King David sent Zadok and Abathar the priests, saying, Speak to the elders of Judah, saying, Why are you the last to bring the king back to his house, since the words of all of Israel have come to the king to his very house? You are my brethren. You are my bone and my flesh. Why then are you the last to bring back the king? And say to Amasa, Are you not my bone and my flesh? God do so to me, and more also, if you are not commander of the army before me continually, in place of Joab. So he swayed the hearts of all the men of Judah, just as the heart of one man, so that they sent this word to the king, Return, you and all your servants. Then the king returned and came to the Jordan, and Judah came to Gilgal, to go to meet the king, to escort the king across the Jordan. And Shimei, the son of Gerah, a Benjamite, who was from Bahurim, hurried and came down with the men of Judah to meet King David. There was a thousand men of Benjamin with him, and Ziba, the servant of the house of Hall, Saul, and his fifteen sons and his twenty servants with him, and they went over the Jordan before the king. Then a ferry boat went across to carry over the king's household and to do what he thought good. David briefly in his efforts to have peace and reconciliation uh, with 
the people names Amasa his general. Amasa had formerly been Absalom's general. And so it's a kind of a, a, a token of uh, reconciliation that David gives. And David and his household, now they take a ferry boat across the Jordan River. And if you've ever been to Israel, you don't need a ferry boat to cross that little river. <laughs> but evidently, it was a time of year when the floods would raise the Jordan. And so they take a ferry boat back across the river. And David has two of his opponents now come before him, Ziba and Shimei, and they're there to meet David. Verse 18. Now Shimei, the son of Gerar, fell down before the king when he had crossed the Jordan. Then he said to the king, Do not let my Lord impute iniquity to me or remember what wrong your servant did on the day that my Lord the king left Jerusalem, that the king should take it to heart. That's sort of an apology. But I, your servant, know that I have sinned. Therefore, here I am, the first to come today to all the house of Joseph to go down to meet my Lord the king. But Abishai, the son of Zuriah, answered and said, Shall not Shimei be put to death for this, because he cursed the Lord's anointed. And David said, What have I to do with you, you sons of Zuriah, that you should be adversaries to me today? Shall any man be put to death today in Israel? For do I not know that today I am king over Israel? Therefore the king said to Shimei, You shall not die and the king swore to him. Shimei falls down before David. Please, David, don't remember my iniquity. Back in chapter 16 of 2 Samuel, Shimei cursed David as he's retreating from Jerusalem. And he called David a bloodthirsty man. And Shimei would run along the ridges and David and his men would be in the valleys and he would kick dust in the air and throw rocks at David and curse David as David was retreating. Abishai, one of David's mighty men, wanted to kill Shimei. And he said, let me go kill that dead dog. But David would not allow Abishai to kill Shimei. Now Shimei comes before David and he wants to forgive and forget. Forget my behavior. Forget my iniquities. But Abishai steps forward and again he calls for the death of Shimei. Shall not Shimei be put to death for he cursed the Lord's anointed. But David once again comes to the rescue of Shimei. And he said, today, hey, look, everybody in Israel knows that I am king. No need for bloodshed. And David grants a pardon to Shimei. You shall not die. Now David is willing to forgive. And he's willing to forget Shimei's insulting, cursing, and behavior towards him. 
And when Shimei was ranting and raving and cursing David, David said, perhaps the Lord said to Shimei, curse David. David understood his shortcomings. He understood his faults. He understood his sins. And he said, maybe Shimei is being told by the Lord to curse me. And David is the first to say, maybe this is from the Lord, this reviling that's coming from Shimei. Question, have you ever had someone revile you? <laughs> well, yeah, if you've lived very long, you have. You had somebody come against you for no apparent reason. The question becomes, how do we react? David tells Abishai twice, spare Shimei. Don't kill him. Once during the cursing, and now when Shimei begs for forgiveness, Abishai comes again. He says, hey, let me do him in. <laughs> Abishai tells David point blank, this man deserves to die. However, David replies, everybody knows I'm the king. So let him live. David doesn't hold grudges. No revenge. No getting even. For all the insults that Shimei hurled at David. David has a heart to forgive. David has a heart to forgive. I have heard Christians say, I can forgive, but I can't forget. <laughs> I question that forgiveness then. God remembers our sins no more. We are to do likewise. But David, by the Spirit of God, can say, I have no offense against Shimei. David knows he's king. He's just been restored as king. And there's no need, there's no purpose in killing an old enemy. And then we have Mephibosheth, the only remaining son of Saul, grandson actually. And he also comes to greet David. So let's pick it up in verse 24. Of chapter now. Now Mephibosheth, the son of Saul, came down to meet the king, and he had not cared for his feet, nor trimmed his mustache, nor washed his clothes from the day the king departed until the day he returned in peace. So it was when he had come to Jerusalem to meet the king that the king said to him, Why did you not go with me, Mephibosheth? And he answered, O oh, oh my lord king, my servant deceived me, for your servant said, I will saddle a donkey for myself, that I may ride on it and go to the king, because your servant is lame. And he has slandered your servant to my lord the king. But my lord the king is like an angel of God, therefore do what is good in your eyes. For all my father's house were but dead men before my lord the king. Yet your servant... <coughs> 
yet you set your servant among those who eat at your own table. Therefore, what right have I to still cry out any more to the king? So the king said to him, Why do you speak any more of your matters? I have said, You and Ziba divide the land. Then Mephibosheth said to the king, Rather let him take it all, inasmuch as my lord the king has come back in peace to his own house. Mephibosheth, he has been in sorrow. He has been in mourning. He has not even cared for himself while David has been on the run from Absalom. David wants to know, why didn't you come to me, Mephibosheth? And he says, my Lord King, my servant slandered me before you. My servant lied to you about me. I wanted to come to you on my donkey, for as you know, I am lame. But David, you're like one of the angels of God. You discern my fate and you now do what's good in your own eyes. David, I've presented my case, my apology. Now you do what you think is right. Mephibosheth, he reminds David of his kindness to himself. You gave me a place of honor. You allowed me to eat at your own table, even though I am a descendant of Saul. He says, I have no right to complain. I won't complain to you anymore. Do what you think is right, David. And he says, okay, you and Ziba divide the land between you. Mephibosheth, he says, let Ziba take it all. For you, my lord and king, have come back in peace. Mephibosheth is willing to give up his inheritance just because David is back as king. And he's allowed once again to be at the king's table. Now let's look at uh, verse 32 of uh, 2 Samuel 19. And Barzilla, the Gideite, came down from Rogim and went across the Jordan with the king to escort him across the Jordan. Now Brasilia was a very aged man, 80 years old, and he had provided the king with supplies while he stayed at Mahanam, for he was a very rich man. And the king said to Barzilla, Come across with me, and I will provide for you while you are with me in Jerusalem. But Barzillah said to the king, How long have I to live, that I should go up to the king in Jerusalem? I am today 80 years old. Can I discern between good and bad? Excuse me. Can your servant taste what I eat or what I drink? Can I hear any longer the voice of singing men and singing women? Why then should your servant be further burdened to my lord the king? Your servant will go a little way across the Jordan with the king, and why should the king repay me with such a reward? Please let your servant uh, turn back again that I may die in my own city near the grave of my father and mother. But here is your servant, uh, Chinnam. Let him cross over with my lord the king and do for him what seems good to you. And the king answered, Chinnam shall cross over with me, and I will do for him what seems good to you. 
Now, whatever you request of me, I will do for you. Then all the people went over the Jordan, and the king had crossed over. The king kissed Barzilla and blessed him and returned to his own place. This Barzilla, uh, he declares, I'm an old man. I'm 80 years old. Don't give me any rewards. I don't need rewards. So Barzilla and David, they depart from each other in peace. But herein lies the beginnings of a dispute between the ten tribes of Israel and Judah, the southern kingdom, who both want to claim David as king. And they want to know, who does David belong to? Judah or the ten tribes of Israel? Judah wins this tug of war for David as their king. Verse 40, now the king went to Gilgal and Chinnam went on with him. And all the people of Judah escorted the king, also half the people of Israel. Just then all the men of Israel came to the king and said to the king, why have your brethren, the men of Judah, stolen you away and brought the king, his household, and David's men with him across the Jordan? So all the men of Judah answered the men of Israel, because the king is a close relative of ours. Why then are you angry over this matter? Have we ever eaten at the king's expense, or has he given us any gift? And the men of Israel answered the men of Judah and said, we have ten shares in the king, therefore also have more, we have more right to David than you. Why then do you despise us? Were we not the first to advise, bring back the, our king? Yet the words of the men of Judah were fiercer than the words of the men of Israel. We have the nation of Israel on the verge of dividing here between the northern kingdom and the southern kingdom of Judah. But I want to draw your attention to Shimei. Shimei, his behavior was blatantly evil towards David. So evil was Shimei's insults that Abishai wanted to go up, strike Shimei dead on the spot. Let me go up and kill him. And when Shimei comes to apologize to David, Abishai remembers it all, and he wants to kill Shimei once again. Where do we stand on forgiveness? As followers of Christ, where do we align ourselves concerning forgiveness? Peter a disciple, the one that seemed to speak up always, uh, has a question for Jesus on forgiveness. So if you would, turn to Matthew chapter 18. And we'll look at verses 21 through 35. Matthew 18, verse 21. Then Peter came to him and said, Lord, how often shall my brother sin against me and I forgive him? Up to seven times. Jesus said to him, I do not say to you seven times, but up to seventy times seven. 
Therefore, the kingdom of heaven is like a certain king who wanted to settle accounts with his servants. And when he had begun to settle accounts, one was brought to him who owed him 10,000 talents. That's millions of dollars. But he was not able to pay his master. And he was commanded to be sold with his wife and children, all that he had, that payment be made. The servant therefore fell down before him, saying, Master, have patience with me, and I will pay you all. Then the master of that servant was moved with compassion, released him, and forgave him his debt. But the servant went out and found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred denarii, and he laid hands on him, took him by the throat, saying, Pay me what you owe. So his fellow servants fell down at his feet and begged him, saying, Have patience with me, and I will pay you all. And he would not, but went and threw him into prison till he should pay his debt. So when the fellow servants saw that he had been done, this had been done, they were very grieved and came and told their master all that had been done. Then his master, after he had called him, said to him, You wicked servant, I forgave you all the debt because you begged me. Should you not have also compassion on your fellow servant, just as I had pity on you? And his master was angry and delivered him to the torturers until he should pay all that was due to him. Now, verse 35, we have Jesus' commentary on this. So my heavenly Father also will do to you if each of you from his heart does not forgive his brother his trespasses. The Jewish rabbis of that day taught, you forgive a person two times. And if you're really feeling uh, in a good mood, forgive them three times. But three times was the maximum you were required to forgive. So Peter comes to Jesus, sort of acting noble, <laughs> and he's acting all forgiving. And he says, I'm willing to forgive seven times, Jesus. But Jesus says to Peter, not seven times, Peter, but 70 times seven. That's 490 times, by the way. And who in the world can keep track of 490 times of forgiveness? And that's the point. You can't keep track. Are we willing to forgive a brother repeatedly and keep forgiving him. Forgive and forgive until you lose count. And here's the message. You forgive so you can be free of the wrong that has been done to you. There's the message. You just keep forgiving until it doesn't bother you anymore. And when we're wronged, and we've all been wronged, and when you're sinned against, sometimes severely, you got to ask the Lord, 
Lord, by your spirit, soften my heart so I can forgive. Because sometimes we get pushed to that point where it is no longer within us to forgive. And it takes the act of God's spirit within our heart to cause us to forgive. And then Jesus told us, our Heavenly Father requires we forgive those who trespass against us. Why? Just because we ourselves have been forgiven. David understood forgiveness. David had many shortcomings. And we've read of many of those shortcomings. But he understood to forgive. David had that beautiful ability to humble himself before the Lord for his own sins. And so David, in return, would not hold sins against others. Even Shimei, this lowly servant who cursed him, kicked dust in the air, called him names, threw rocks at him. Abishai wanted to kill him. <laughs> Abishai couldn't take it anymore. But David, he spared Shimei. And he says, hey, look, I'm king. It's okay. We will not kill Shimei. Have a heart at like David. Be forgiving. Because we've been forgiven so much. Amen. Amen. Let me get you to stand. We'll close in prayer.